Okay, do you want to like introduce us? Uh, I'm Andy Belici. I don't know if you know Andrew does music here. We're his parents. I'm Terry, by the way. And this is my, I was going there. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, my wife, Terry. We've been married uh, 41 years. Uh, got married uh, stupid, too young. Stupid young. Um, so what we're going to do is just give you a little bit of our lives and uh, maybe help you. Uh, I'm just I'm glad you guys are here. Yeah. Uh, marriage, uh, one of the things that Terry and I really are uh, having a hard time with is that uh, the divorce rate in the Christian so-called community is at 50% and higher. And that's breaking our hearts. And I just I commend you guys for... Uh, coming here and just taking your, your marriage seriously. You're not married, are you? Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. Okay. <laughs> the older we get, the younger everybody else looks. I'm going, well, this is really nice. You're coming in. <laughs> how old do you think? You look like 12. I don't know. How old are you? <laughs> 25. No, how old? 20? I get 23. 23. 23. All right, I was close. Man, oh, man. Well, see, the, as you get older. Most people think I'm like 17. I yeah, exactly. I was going, well, maybe you're going to go tell your parents. Uh, but anyway, uh, the divorce rate is at 50%, and that is just breaking our hearts. So one of the things that we do, and we share our lives a little bit, which we will now. Yeah. Okay, so I got pregnant on prom night. And I wasn't even 18 years old. So I graduated from high school on Friday and got married on Saturday, which was not a smart thing. It was not an easy thing. But looking back on it now, I think the Lord was snatching me from destruction because I was very attracted to the occult. And I think I would have, if I'd gone away to college, I would have gotten involved with drugs and who knows where I would have ended up. So those first few years we were together, Andy was 21. He was a little older. He bought his first house. He was very settled. He looked mature from the outside. We were, you know, we did okay those first few years. But by the time the second baby came along, um, we were not doing very well. Hi. <laughs> um, we were partying a lot. We knew we loved each other. We knew we, what we wanted out of the marriage, but man, we had not a clue how to get it. And so I ended up turning to another guy, and I had an affair. <laughs> Listen. You're slow to get to the stage, and you're slow to get it. Um, and unfortunately, the guy that I picked to have the affair with was married to his cousin, and it was a big, beautiful Italian family, and I ripped it apart. We, uh, we used to have ho or celebrate holidays with them and everything, and as a result, we, we were unable to do that anymore. Um, Monterey was a much smaller town. We were from Monterey, and it was a very tiny town at the time. And I really ended up feeling like Hester Prynne with the scarlet letter on my chest. Everybody knew what I had done. And it was the perfect thing for me because I had to be stripped down to nothing for the Lord to put me back together the right way. We decided we wanted to try to stay together. We were... Um, again, we didn't know what we were doing, but we knew we loved each other. And he decided he wanted to stay and try to work it out. Well, I, the guilt that I carried was so heavy. And every day I had to look at the pain in his eyes. 
and come face to face with the effects of my sin. You know, this was not a hidden sin. This was something that was, you know, very, very public. And I had to deal with it. And we were still going to the Catholic Church at the time. And I started going back to church, right? And he would go, yeah, sure, now you go to church. So I would sit there at the back of the church thinking, man, if these people knew what I did, I bet you there's nobody here who's ever done anything as rotten as me. And while I was thinking that, those thoughts, one Sunday, the message was on uh, the, the shepherd that leaves the 99 and goes after the one that strayed. And when he said that there's more rejoicing in heaven over one repentant sinner than over 99 righteous, it was the first time the Lord spoke to me personally through scripture. They're re I am a repentant sinner. They're rejoicing in heaven over me right now. And that began my love affair with God's word. And I, I couldn't get enough because he was speaking words of life into my heart, words of hope, words of forgiveness, words of healing. He started telling me that I was the very righteousness of God, that my life was now hidden with Christ and God, that I was seated in heavenly places. It was like I, I, couldn't, I couldn't get enough. But you, on the other hand... <laughs> I didn't need enough. <laughs> uh, I was 21. That's why I was asking how old you were. Because, uh, and I thought I had the world uh, figured out by then. I was a very mature 21, as they said. Uh, but I, was a, uh, I uh, drank a lot. And in our first part of our marriage, we were really close. Uh, first three years... Uh, and then we started partying and getting into dope and all kinds of stuff. And uh, Terry would say, we need help. And I would go, I would always compare our marriage to other couples who are worse off, where at least we're not as bad as them. Uh, one of the things I really want, if you to leave from here at all, because we'll probably someday see you again. I was going to say maybe never see you again, but we come here quite often. But uh, if you're having any kind of marital problems or because soon as you start not seeing eye to eye or, or you start feeling veils come, uh, everybody starts looking more attractive and it's always greener on the other side. The other day I heard grass is always greener on the other side, we think, but we still have to mow that grass rather than coming back. So, uh, so I just want to don't ever have an affair. If you have a problem in your marriage, uh, because if it's if you f start using the D word, which we recommend you never use in, in a marriage, the divorce, uh, because I used to throw that around. Well, if we're not getting along, let's just get a divorce, and you reap what you sow. What comes out of your mouth ends up coming to pass. Uh, so the thing is, is uh, when you, when you bring an affair into it, you destroy more than just this because. It goes on to family generations. I mean, another person is involved. It's just disastrous. So I just say that with a little warning because that's usually the the big crust, uh, the big uh, reason why people leave. And then biblically, I can go to biblically and say, "Well, you had an affair. I can really walk now." Uh, so there, there's biblical principles, and it's just it destroys too many people. But I wasn't the best husband, and what I learned for you gentlemen uh, and myself, uh, it's a learned. I did not know how to be a husband. Uh, I compared myself, like I say, to lesser rather than to better. I, had, I was raised Catholic. I had a relationship, but not a personal relationship. I just went to church, and I used to pray. 
but this God didn't make sense to me. Uh, I would pray when things would go by. I usually call it the 911, you know, when I'm having a problem. Okay, Lord, you, I need your help. And then I start bargaining. If you do this, I'll do that. I'll start going to church and the whole thing. And we had gone to church while we were dating, and we struggled with infidelity. And then, uh, that's how she got pregnant. And then uh, we quit going to church. And I got to this point, like this guy was hitting me right on the head. Now, you know, I go to the beach, and all that's all I need is uh, nature. And uh, so I didn't need this God. And I just felt myself pushing away. And the more I pushed away, the more involved I got in drugs and, and stuff. Um, but then we went. Terry was going to church, and that's when I had said, yeah, sure, now go find religion. Uh, and uh, we went to counseling. <laughs> Pastor has to be. We went to counseling, and the, I hate to, but anyway, this is the truth. We went to counseling. I sat in the chair, and the lady said, well, what are you feeling, Andy? And I said, what am I feeling? I said, excuse my, I said, fix the bitch. Because I was at a point in my life where I was fine, and now this counselor is going to start talking to me. Just fix this, and then we can go on. And that was the first time I realized that I had to start looking within. I had to get a mirror and say, okay, who are you? And how did you contribute that this love we had you caused to go away? What happened? So I had to really start looking at that. So she was going to church, and she came home from church and says something about they're having this marriage retreat called Marriage Encounter. And I said, all right, I'll go because I, I did want to make it, although for a year, I said, you're, in my head, I said, you're going to pay. So I was going out to the bars still, and it was a year to the day. I'll never forget what I had on, paisley pants, purple jacket. <laughs> I was selling insurance at the time. I looked right out of the, the six, sad, 70s. 70s. And, uh, and we're on the porch, and she says, I can't do this anymore. And I saw the fate, the look, and I went. And one of the things that we teach is when a woman is done, She's done. Mm -hmm. And we could play this game, tennis we call it. I would say something and she would say, and you play this game for years. And then all of a sudden we have so many couples that we counsel with that the husband comes broken down crying. And we go to the wife and we hear her thing. And then we go, I'm sorry, she's reached. And usually it's hard to bring a woman in. But the power of God right. is stronger than that. So we never give up on any marriage. So now she comes, tells me about this marriage encounter. We go on this marriage encounter, and that's when I first saw the power of God come in. There's a, a, it's a process. You write letters. Anyway, at the end of the weekend, I was alone, and I felt this glow come over me, and anger was taken out. It was like, I know Andy Bellici. And to have something like that, and she walks into the bedroom, and I go, it's over. And she thought I meant our marriage because I was just crying. And, and she goes, what? I says, I am, it's done. I am free of this, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, I was just free of anger, of all of it. The hurt. The hurt. And it was just taken away. And I went, I got to know who, what happened here. So from then. Um, well, I have to say that. I spent so much energy and so much time trying to fix him that it took the Lord a while to get me to get my eyes off of him and just to, off of him and only on him. And the one of the I remember one time in prayer, I almost heard, you know how the Lord kind of speaks to you inside. He says, when you die and go to heaven, he says, you're going to have to face me and I'm going to ask you, did you love him the best you could? And you're going to try to say, well, I, 
Yeah, but you, you saw what he was like, you saw what he put me through, you saw how he rejected my every effort to try to, to love him. And he's, he says, and I'm going to stop you and I'm going to say, no, no, no. I'll talk to him when it's his turn. I'm asking you, have you loved the best you could? And that's when the Lord first got me going, okay, I've got a lot to learn here. And I've got to learn to love myself. And I've got to learn to know what this means to be born again and a new creation and, and to have this Holy Spirit living within me. And that there's, I've got gifts and I've got things that I, can, um, that I can give, but I also have to be willing to hang in there. The old uh, translation for patience is long-suffering. Well, I learned the meaning of long-suffering. And I made up my mind I was going to hang in here with him for the rest of my life, if that's what it took that I was not going to ever give up again, ever commit a sin like that again, because I had my fulfillment in Jesus Christ. One of the things, uh, we don't have any of this planned. This is all coming. We've got a little thing we're going to give you, but uh, we just tell our story. Uh, but one of the things you hear is that men are different and uh, guys are different. And uh, Love and Respect book talks about the differences. And when I heard this years and years ago, uh, that's what made me start to go, differences and starting to look at myself how bad how different I was and what I needed to change uh, I started falling in love with their differences rather than trying to change her differences mm -hmm. and that's a big mistake we make we're sitting on the altar we're going for better for worse and we counsel couples before they get married and uh, oh no we just love each other oh no it's gonna work out and, and, and there's things that are thrown at you like this guy today you know losing your son how I, I, I don't even want to think about that mm -hmm. but how do you deal with stuff? We almost lost one of our sons, and the only thing that kept us as a family together was being in the Word of God. So I'm going to skip some of our story, story because we're getting... Andy and Terry are sitting here because of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the only reason why we are sitting here today. Because if you would have told me 30 years ago, oh, you're going to be talking about marriage, I would have said, you're absolutely crazy because our marriage was in disaster. Uh, and it could, every marriage can be restored. And I believe, have, how many of you have seen the fire, fireproof. fireproof movie? Have most of you seen that? Uh, the whole message was turn your life over to, to Christ. And like this guy is saying, I could make my own God. I could say, well, God lets me do this, and I, you know, it's, not, it's okay. Go to the Word and line up with whatever is going through your thought life, because Scripture says have a renewing of your mind is I have to, whatever thought I'm getting, I've got to go to the Word and say, okay, what do you really say about how I should be? When I went to Corinthians and they started talking about marriage, it says love, mar uh, love is patient, love is kind. Love is when I first read that, I went, love isn't patient, love isn't kind. I started looking at her or how we do when we're listening to a marriage seminar. We're going, I hope he gets this or I hope mm -hmm. she gets this. Mm -hmm. Okay, there's always that nudging. I hope the other person gets it. Well, when you open the word of God, he's talking to me. I came in alone and I'm going out alone. And like Terry says, when we go to heaven, he's going to ask me, what did you do? So I took that scripture that we all use at weddings and I started going, okay, love is patient. I'm not a very patient guy, so Lord, work on me. And I did a week on just love and how, what I thought love was and then what his love was. And then I went to love as patient. I used to break my knuckles uh, hitting walls because I wasn't patient and justifying it. I've got a vent, okay, and that's not what Christ is calling me to do. And if you go to love does not hold grudges, not I was doing every one of those 
the opposite. So it's up to me to go to my Lord and Savior that we profess. And that's one of the things that I am seeing within the Christian community and why the divorce rate is so high is we are coming to churches professing to be Christians, but the children that are in the car listening to you fight and then get out of the car and put the big smile on, that's an abomination to Jesus Christ. We are not doing what he has called us to do. And we tell couples, if you're fighting and you're going to church, I tell them, stay home and fight and get, get the conflict. Look at it, dissolve it, find out what it is. Stay home rather than going to church and being a hypocrite. And Jesus addressed that. He says, you brood of vipers, you know the scriptures. We come here and we could quote scripture. And then when the kids go to Sunday school, they get up on the altar and they're quoting scripture. Everybody's clapping. I feel like getting up there and say, can you parents do that? And are you going to the word of God on a daily basis? Boy, oh boy, did I get a chance. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's <okay. laughs> I think you should keep going. <laughs> uh, what we're going to do is give you a little thing here. Uh, this is uh, something, Terry, but we have couples, we have a little marriage group, and they're always going, oh, you guys should write a little book or something. And I say, yeah, we're going to write a book. That's as far as we got on a, writing a book. <laughs> and that's all you really need. Because one of the things we're finding, I've given other talks, and I've had computers and cell phones, and I get them, and I throw them up in the air, because that's the society you kids are in today. If it doesn't work, I fix it. I don't fix it. We used to have tubes. You go to a, uh, with a radio break, broke, you would go get a tube and take that one out and put this one in. Now we go buy another one, and that's what we're doing with our spouses. If it's not working, I'll go get another one, and then another one, and then another one. And we're, we're losing, uh, again, that's why this guy just hit it on the head today. We have gotten God and conformed him into our image. And you pastors... Be careful who you marry is not like that. I didn't mean it like that. We need to, you know, I, I was talking to this young kid. He called me yesterday, calls me on the phone, says, I'm getting married. I've got 20 minutes. Could I meet you at Starbucks? So I sit down. I go, what's going on? He says, we're getting married. I said, how long have you known each other? Three weeks. Really? I said, when are you getting married? In three weeks. I said, oh, I got, <laughs> I said, what do you want from me? Because I've known this kid, he was engaged before, and, and he broke I that one up. For broke him. that one up because he was off the charts. So I'm talking to this kid, and I said, "What do you want from me? What, what you want advice?" I said, "My advice is don't." He <laughs> says, "No, everybody's saying, and God is telling me to marry this girl." So he plays guitar, and I've asked him years ago. I says, "Can you teach me how to play guitar?" This is a long time ago, and he says, "Well, it's going to take a long time because he's paying." I'm, I says, "Well, could you?" I says. Could you teach me to play guitar in three weeks that I want to be up on stage? Oh, no, that's going to take too long. And you're going to get married, know each other for three weeks, and get married. I says, wait a year. And I asked him, he says, what about betrothal? Have you ever heard of the word betrothal? If any of you don't know what betrothal was, that was a time that you moved in with somebody in the Old Testament. Mary was betrothed to Joseph. Most people don't even know what a biblical ma marriage is. That we don't take the time for, for, for pre-marriage. And if you're already married, are you reading any book? We've been married 41 years, and I'm still reading books on marriage because I want to be the best that we can be. Take, everything takes practice. So on the little card, you can shoot on that. Okay. Um, it, I hope you guys don't mind if I give a little quick thing about submission. Mm. 
when he was still the out of control maniac Italian, the Lord started telling me <laughs> I had to submit to him. And it was like, no, 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 no. And he says, I'm asking you to submit to him. And I said, but he's, you see how he is. He doesn't read the word. I'm in Bible studies all the time. He doesn't know anything. I'm not going to submit to him. And he, the Lord says, number one, I'm asking you to submit to me, not to him. I'm asking you to trust me, not him. And he says, the other thing is, he says, look at a telephone. And he says, it's a you know, piece of plastic. It's got a bunch of wires. Can it talk? Does it have any brains? Does it have any, any sense at all? But yet, if it rings, you pick it up and you listen to it. Why? because you know it's an instrument being used by someone who can talk and who can think. And he says, your husband is my instrument. And he says, I speak to you through him. He doesn't even have to know what he's talking about. But I speak to you through him. Ugh, I'm sorry I'm so emotional today. I can't tell you how many times the Lord has spared me making a big mistake. Because in my mind, it was a good idea. And he didn't even know why it wasn't a good idea. It just didn't feel right. And he would say, no, nah, I don't think you should do that. I almost gave a, um, did a commercial for the Rape Crisis Center. And I was going to go on TV and be the spokesperson for the Rape Crisis Center. And he kept saying, I, I just don't think that's a good idea. I don't like it. And I thought he was just being controlling. I did a little research and found out that if you turn up pregnant, they uh, promote abortion at the Rape Crisis Center. I, that was 20 years ago. I would still be grieving today and repenting for having helped promote, you know, uh, abortion. The Lord speaks to us through these guys, whether they know it or not. And I'm telling you, when I started treating him like he was God's instrument, he started to rise to the occasion. He was like, he, he says, gee, uh, she's listening to me. I guess I better think twice before I say something. And I would ask him, pray for me. I, I have to, you know, do something. I have to make a decision. Would you pray for me? And it was like I was treating him like he was the man of God that he wasn't yet. But just by my treating him with that respect, helped draw him into becoming that man. Uh, so one of the things I was going at uh, with reading books and going to marriage conferences, and again, I commend you guys for being here. Uh, there's a ton of books and there's tons of lessons. If you don't apply them, and it's the same, they're, they're useless. And the same thing with the Word of God. We've got all our instructions here. One of the things, because now I started getting counseling, so we had like four or five counselors that we were going to. Mm -hmm. Over the right? years. Because I wanted to. So one time we were having this clash, cannot communicate, going, and I get the phone book, and I start looking up the pages. We're going to go to a counselor. And she goes, could we just practice what we've learned? Because we're all looking for that one pill that will solve everything. Somebody else to fix it for us. We want somebody else to, to take responsibility for it. We don't want to actually have to change ourselves, our own behavior. So, so that's how come we can he, this. Because he's a caterer, it's a recipe. And this, if, we, if you do this every day, it, I don't even think it would take 10 minutes. And I think you guys spend more than that in the bathroom. So the, the, <laughs> 10 minutes a day, and, and, we, and you can change your life. Repent. We need to repent, don't we, of our pride, our anger, our stubbornness, our control, our selfishness. We have a, a young girl in our uh, Bible study that doesn't like the word selfishness. She goes, well, maybe I'm self-absorbed. Maybe I'm self-centered sometimes, but the word selfishness was just a little too strong for her. Well, guess what? That's what we are. We are all basic, basically selfish without the, the changing power of the Lord in our lives. We need to repent of our unforgiveness toward one another. We need to repent of those seeds of bitterness that we allow to take root in our lives and our hearts. And we need to repent of our jealousy. 
One of the things that we are, uh, when we go to churches, and I've noticed this throughout, we talk about God and we talk about Jesus, but for some reason the Holy Spirit, we kind of put him under the table because one of the subjects that usually always comes up, do you pray in tongues? You know, and, and now we've got an issue to deal with, so we kind of water it down, or then there's prophecy, and then there's spiritual gifts. And one of the things, when I, after I get comfortable with the Bible study, I won't do it now, uh, is ask people, what's your gift? And one of the things, pride comes in, and we go, well, my gift, how could I say I've got, how could I profess I've got a gift, you know? Uh, I'm good at this, but to say I, there's a pride thing that ends up happening. So one of the things, when you, if you do this, and what we would love for you to do, is to try this for like three weeks and we're going to give you our phone number because we're having other couples do it and I just want to see I want this to be proven wrong in a right way and to before you even start this before you go to repent and you go okay of pride of anger first go to the Holy Spirit out of Jesus's mouth he says I've got to leave so that the Holy Spirit who will be your comforter your counselor all the things that we need and this is out of Jesus' mouth. And what scares me sometimes about that is when I look at Jesus looking at the Jews going, you brood of vipers, you hypocrites, it's all in the scripture about me coming and you missed it. Am I missing something about the Holy Spirit that is going to be my, that I can trust that he can be my comforter, my counselor. So we always ask that you pray to the Holy Spirit, specifically Holy Spirit, guide me whatever that guy Andy was talking about I'm gonna challenge I'm gonna challenge myself to that and then I'm gonna stop for a minute and I'm gonna say Holy Spirit come in here help me of my pride but I'm not prideful she's prideful but I'm not but I'm prideful because I just did that so there's a whole <laughs> thing there and then my anger you know do I grow slow to anger as scripture says or do I pop off and again not just with my spouse with my kids about their homework am I getting angry about it or am I building them up saying okay Come alongside, you know, rather than this is the way it's got to be, my stubbornness. And then the wife goes, geez, you're always angry. What? Now I'm stubborn. So there's a whole thing in self-control. Is start to look at each one of those, bring it before the Lord, and let him minister to you. So now the next thing we ask is that you pray together, daily, holding hands, not to be used as a weapon against one another. Lord, please Make my husband read the Bible every day. You know what I mean? You can't do that. If, if, if one of the other detects that you're using the prayer time as a, it's not, you're not going to last. So we, we, we ask that you hold hands, pray together, uh, maybe a minute, not even a minute. And Jeff, weren't you the one that told me that couples, Christian couples who pray together daily, that the incident of divorce goes way, way down? It's like the, the statistic that I heard in the last um, seminar was that was like 90%. Incredible. 90% success that you will not get it now is that is that not is that a worth a minute a day but like he said I says how hard could that be but nobody does it nobody does it okay and what we're talking about though just give you an example because for guys I was going okay let's pray and I'm walking out the door I got to go make lasagnas man I don't have time for this uh, you know, and then the other thing was, now she's going to go on for an hour. <laughs> and Soon we do have she, to be careful of that, you guys. If she we, gets we, me, you know, we're we stuck do. here. So we got to be careful not to do that. Not too many words. And what we do is we pray for our finances. We pray for our kids and their finances. And just we, we give glory to God, not, like she's saying, attacking each other. As soon as you get together, you're going to get that. 
uh, read the word daily for five minutes? At least. Sorry we didn't put we at least. We should have put at least. But if you get started, if you can form the habit of reading the word every day, even if it is just for five minutes, and personally I think if you think it's only going to be five minutes, maybe you will sit down. Uh, I think eventually you fall in love with the word and you end up spending more time than that. The trick is finding that time consistently. I used to try to get up at the crack of dawn when I was first getting into all this stuff, and I still had little kids at home, and it didn't matter how early I got up, one of them always found me. Mm -hmm. So I uh, got into the habit of reading before I went to bed at night, and some people say they would fall asleep. Well, whatever. It worked for me because I always go to bed every, every night, so I could always read the word before I you know, would, would go to sleep, and I, I still do that. That's my, that's my night night, reading the word. Uh, I'm really heavy on reading the word. Uh, people that know me at our church, I always go, read at least this much every day. And I, I have a, a, they call it the Balachi guarantee. If you read this much every day for one week, you're going to see a difference. I haven't had one person come and tell me they didn't. You're not going to change. Your excuse me, your situations aren't going to change, but you're going to start seeing the world through the Lord's eyes. And if you have an issue with lust with money problems uh i'm going through a thing right now that i'm having to go trust in the lord with all your heart andy and in all ways be mindful of him and he will make straight your path and i have to do that over and over and over to memorize scripture one of the things uh on reading the word on a daily basis and again we say five minutes uh one of our little bible study People, uh, I call them little, because they're, they're young, younger. They're so cute. Uh, drew this for me because this is my thing. But I just want you to read this uh, for my birthday. We had she had everybody write me a little thing. It says, Andy, this week I prayed with my wife, journaled and read my Bible that much uh, every day. And wouldn't you know? Wouldn't you know it? Of the 494 weeks, almost 10 years, Amber and I have been married. This ranks almost the best. Uh, the best. Coincidence? I don't think so. God bless you and Terry for what you do. Uh, so we challenge you. If you're not reading the Word of God, start with this much and then it's going to explode and you'll read more. But how I got into this was I'd, every book I'd read, they say, go find a quiet place, stay there for an hour and do this whole thing. And it was like, I don't have time. <laughs> so I would just start this much. And one of the other things I suggest is have a little tablet and, uh, and, and respond back. Journal. Call it journal. Sometimes it's homework. Put your thoughts down. One sentence, two sentences. And just Again, respond keep back. Keep it simple. Um, I lost it. Examine. Keep talking. Well, we got to keep moving on here because we're getting done here. Oh no! It was <laughs> that. You know, we yes, we're we're older and we've got we don't have kids living at home anymore. Every so often, we take care of the four grand girls, the four mouths, and we I, I get survival mode. I know that, you know, when, when you got uh, your lives are so packed, you don't have a lot of time to do all these nice things. But man, we do find the time to exercise and we do, there are some things that we make sure we find the time to do. And those things are priorities. And we tend to take the marriage for granted. And I mean, sometimes we can be so busy that we don't even have enough contact to fight. We don't even spend enough time together to fight. And that's dangerous. And this doesn't take that long, and I'm telling you guys, when, when you've got this going on, it gives you the strength for the rest of it. And if the Lord could take us and turn us around, I'm telling you, if you don't do it a little bit now, when you're at this stage, you're not, it's not going to be there. We've been where you guys are. You haven't been here yet. And we, we've got a lot of couples our age that 
either they live separate lives or even are getting divorced at this stage of the, of the game because they didn't tend to it when they sh in those early years, okay? So no, I know you can't have a romantic night every, you know, night of the week and everything, but once in a while, man, you guys got to set aside some time for each other. Okay, the next one is examining my expectations from my spouse, my marriage, are they realistic? And unfortunately, our tendency is to have very high standards for them, but we're very good at rationalizing for ourselves. And we, you know, we just really have to be careful and make sure that we're not expecting things that aren't realistic. And is it, is it worth making a big thing out of whatever stupid thing we tend to make a big thing out of? He leaves his shoes in the living room all the time. Pick them up and just keep your mouth shut and don't make a big thing out of it because to me the, they're worth it. You know, we thought they were worth it when we married them. What changed? You know, I think we think that we need to train our husbands the way we think we're supposed to train our kids, and we're not. We're supposed to just let them know how great we think they are. Guys are success driven, and if we make them feel like failures every time they walk in the door, they might not walk in the door that much. You know what I mean? They might look for excuses to stay away. I believe if we want to have a happy home, we've got to let these guys know we think they're terrific and they're doing a great job. Perfect? No, but neither are we. But we, we think they're worth the trouble. One of the things with the expectations, uh, again, this is why I trust in the Holy Spirit so much, there have been things, because some of my expectations can start a war. Why do you do this? And then, oh, my God, now we've got a fight on our hands. And what we've been experiencing is we pray to the Holy Spirit, and I can't tell you how many times there's something that I want to bring up, but I know it might cause a fight or whatever, so I, I pray to the Holy Spirit for a couple of days. If it's morally wrong, I'll go to it right away. But if it's just something that's nagging me, I start praying the, to the, the Holy Spirit, and it's unbelievable how many times she has come to me and go, you know, I've thought about this, and I'm sitting there with my mouth open. And just last night, a night before last, we had this young lady, a, a woman come over our house, wanted to talk to her husband. She goes, I'm, I don't want to gossip. I just, I, 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 I want to talk about the, our finances and this, and I'm really struggling because I don't want to make him feel this and that and blah, 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 blah. And she says every time we bring up the, the subject of finances, the, she can feel the wall go up. He starts backing up. He's like, oh, what are you going to say now? So our advice with her is to pray to the Holy Spirit because I believe if you have two people praying to God, the Holy Spirit is going to connect here. And she calls us last night. We're out camping in the, at the lake, and she says, I can't believe it. I won't say the name. Somebody. <laughs> they don't know. My <laughs> husband just called on the phone and wants to talk about finances tonight. Out of the blue. Out of the blue. Okay, this mm -hmm. is like off the charts for me. So there is power here that we need to tap in and, and trust this God of our universe that that. that like this guy is saying, let's not make up one. Let's start looking at the power that he has available to us. Eyeball to eyeball. Eyeball to eyeball. And that's, that's been a big one for us. I can always tell when something's wrong when he can't look me in the eye. Why? <laughs> you know, I, we can even get away with praying together because we don't have to look at each other. But if he, we can't look at each other in the eye, something's up. Either, either one or the other of us is hurt or we're preoccupied or we're a little bit resentful. So... We suggest that every day you force yourself. Yeah, but when I do it, <laughs> you think it's cute. I can't. You can't? <laughs> you, wanted, you wanted to start a fight and, and see if you guys got uncomfortable because anytime we do that, 
people do get uncomfortable because they think we're really fighting. And then we'll tell them, do you see how funny, how weird that made you feel? Can you imagine how your kids feel when you fight in front of them? You know, if it bothered you to have strangers fight in front of you, can you imagine your kids who look up to you, who are, you are their world, and to have, to, to observe you guys fight, it makes them very uncomfortable. And the biggest place, you can come to church and you could fake it here, we could fake it here, mm -hmm. but I can't fake it with her. Mm -hmm. And your Christian walk is observed by your spouse, and then it's observed by your children, because we can come here, hey, how's everything? Mm -hmm. But your kids, you cannot fool, and that's why I, I am really strong on really start working at your relationship. If, you're, if you don't have books, I could go to your house and walk through your house and find out what you're into. If you're into golf, you're going to have golf books. If you're into hunting, you're going to have hunting books. We are into marriage. And how many people have any books of, and, and are studying and reading about how to be the best? I want to know how, what kind of bait to use. I want to know everything. Do I know? One of the things we heard a long time ago is husbands usually love their wives the way we need to be loved. So we're pouring on stuff that they don't even want. They just want, she wanted me to talk to her. Mm -hmm. And your kids are watching that. So I just, something and to the, keep an eye on. The other thing that um, we tend to do is when we have a problem, we attack each other. Mm. Um, whatever, I can't even remember what it was, but we had some stressor going on in our lives. And we immediately went. This is a couple of days ago. Yeah, not that long ago. And immediately, oh, yeah, sure. And we attacked each other, and we caught it now, where before we'd let it go on and on. And we realized, wait a minute, we're not attacking the problem. We're attacking each other. So we stop, ask for forgiveness. We prayed for a second, and man, we came up with a solution. But in the old days, there would be no solution. There would be, it's your fault. No, it's my fault. And if we can just get ourselves trained to not attack each other, and be on the same side, and then go forward, we come up with the solutions. Now, the last one. The best part. Making love more often. More often. I have to say, you guys, we women don't get it. When, we're, when we were dating them, we were all over them. And as soon as we say, I do, it seems like we say, and now, no, I don't anymore. They, Headaches are all over. They need, <laughs> these guys need our physical love, all right? And sometimes, I don't, I don't know any of you guys, I don't know who's, what, what stage you're at in your marriage, if you even ha are married or, ha or have kids. But sometimes by the end of the day, we, if they want to make love, it's like, oh my God, one more thing, one last chore before I can finally go to sleep. And I've got to tell you that these guys are not coming to take something from us. They're not coming to get something off of us. To them, this is the most fabulous gift they could give us. And we see it as ugh, a pain. So it is a... Again, we work with a lot of young couples, and not enough sex is a huge complaint. And I have to um, recommend quickies now and again. You know, we have to let them have more of a flow sexually. We tend to, you know, hold up the hand. If we allow them, if we can give them that freedom, number one, we're going we're gonna to blossom. It's good for us, too. And... Don't, I don't say that you, that, that you should turn your sex life into a bunch of quickies. You should definitely set aside time to have romance and to, and to make beautiful, powerful love. I mean, this is a gift from God. But don't put off you know, making, let, giving these guys you know, your, your, uh, your physical love because you don't have the time or energy to make a big romantic evening. We have to allow them to have a lot more access than we tend to do. And then once they know that they've got freedom in this area, they kind of relax. They don't seem to be 
<laughs> you know, as needy as they are when we're telling them no, no, no. Uh, it's like anything. When we want that new little sports car or whatever, it's on our minds constantly, constantly. And then when we get it, three years later, we're going, it's a car. Transportation, it gets me. And now I might need a new one. Uh, for guys, uh, because we've done a lot of talking with younger couples and, and just our own life, uh, is you find, one, you could use it as a weapon or a tool to say off limits because something is bothering me and usually if you're not having, how uh, uh, do you say it, consistent sex or uh, your sex, you need to look at your sex life because the two main things in divorces are sex and money and money we talk about because we're screaming about it, but sex we don't even talk about it in our homes, in our marriages. We do it, but we don't talk about it. Uh, and the thing is, you can use that. Um, but what do you have to do to make us more? Have sex. Oh, what? More warm. What do, we, what do we need from you? You need pampering. You need foreplay, and that's not foreplay just in the bedroom. Foreplay is one of the things I didn't realize, and I just learned this about five years ago, by doing these kind of things uh, was when we walk in a place or we're walking down the street just to go like this one so I make makes her melt I didn't know that so talk you know say <laughs> what do you enjoy what do you want from me and we quit doing that but man when we're dating what did somebody say the other day when we're dating we're on our best behavior and then after you get married the worst comes uh, because we just we I don't know what happened stopped, I don't understand stopped, what, we stopped trying I think I think we just start taking each other for granted so just be conscious, conscious of that. I wanted to say at least twice a week, but then I thought that's why I shouldn't give you my opinion. But it should be, you know, it, 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 I think twice a week is a minimum, really. And there's a book out, Love and Respect, uh, that talks, I forget what chapter it is, but it talks, and I would suggest you might go get that. Again, we don't talk about it, but it talks about biblical sex principles and what to expect, and, and we don't do any research on it. We wait, and guys, after a while, when you get rejected, or not rejected, but I got a headache, or I'm too busy, the kids, then all of a sudden we quit asking, because the macho that we are, <laughs> when it comes to that, we get devastated. Oh my God, I'm not like, and then we're walking around with our head down, and then we're either looking at pictures, or we're starting to look at other women, and it's just a progressive thing, so as, the two, as scripture says, shall become one. Invite the Lord into mm -hmm. that area of your mm -hmm. life and talk about mm -hmm. it. Because we argue enough about finances and we argue about how we're going to raise our kids. But this is a time that only you two have where the Lord is going to be present. Okay. So I don't know how, what... Uh, Time-wise either. Are but we done? Any questions? So if anybody... Or comments? I mean, we're going to be around. Uh, thanks for being here. Do you have a pen? I'll give you our phone number. You can call us. And if you guys would, challenge. put this on your refrigerator for a, a reminder. Does make love, would that be too bad for the kids? You could scratch it. I mean, uh, uh, 831-899. And give them our email. Too. All right. 3888. We would just love to know from you if you do it. If there's a change. Uh, uh, the email any. is Andy Belechi, A-N-D-Y-B-E-L-L-E-C-I at att.net. Okay. Anybody have any questions? That, I mean, we're going to, I guess. Or maybe disagree. Maybe disagree with something we said. That's okay.
You know what we're talking about, right? <laughs> it, gets, it should get better with the years, not, you know? I, some, I remember years ago somebody saying, why, why are young couples more in love than we are? We've been at it longer. We should be better at it. And that really sparked something in us, and that just set us on this quest to become the best, the best lovers we could be. I, if I'm doing my best to love him and he's doing his best to love me, how can you miss, you know? But if I wait for him to start, somebody's got to start. Somebody's got to start. Uh, I guess Cam had said we'll, we'll be around if anybody just needs to talk. Uh, mm -hmm. We can give you some other tools just to, uh, we just want the best for you. We want, mm -hmm. we want to see the churches see mm -hmm. that from the outside that marriages are flourishing, not that they're breaking up. Uh, I guess that's it. <laughs>